welcome back. I am so excited that you are here. I am thankful that you are back. I hope that you're doing well. This is Conquering Me Podcast. I am Jennifer Jefferson, the host behind this podcast. Here's the thing. On this podcast, we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what our life is about. It is about having that continuous relationship with Jesus, understanding who he is, understanding our relationships, submitting ourselves to him, striving more and more for him to be the Lord over our lives. And here's the thing, that takes time. That takes uh, a lot of prayer. It takes fasting. It takes a lifetime. And um, if anyone has been listening to me, any of the episodes in the past, you will hear me say that we should all have the heart of a student. We should all have a mindset that I will never arrive in Christ, meaning there is no pinnacle. This is the top area because we don't want the spirit of um, pride and arrogancy and all these things to come in because we think we know it all or we think that this is the top of it and I have no more work to do. And I personally believe this is my thought process. If you feel like I have done well, that God has called me to do, that means you're ready to go on home with Jesus. And if, hey, that's just the truth. But if you are like, no, I know there's more for me to do. I know there's more life for me to live. I know there's more for me to learn. We always have to have that heart and that mindset of, Lord, allow me to constantly grow in you. Give me your strength and your grace and your wisdom on how to grow in you, how to move in you. And that's what this walk is about. I don't want us, because we're going to go into our discussion, like what we're going to talk about today. It really is about humility, humility and turning away. We're continuing our conversation about repentance. First, we talked about um, the first episode back. We talked about repentance, kind of more of, um, I guess you could say more of the general term. Um, the Lord had me hit on several scriptures. And then last week, the Lord just put a place heavy on my heart for us to just pray really, really pray and really go into asking the Lord to forgive us and give us that understanding of what it means to live a life of repentance and how to walk that, right? How do I reflect his ways? How do I reflect who God is? And um, we're going to go back to Second Chronicles 7 and 14, because this is really kind of... You know, there's there's a lot of scriptures that speak on repentance specifically. But for me, the revelation that the Lord has given me is Second Chronicles 7 and 14 is really the process of living in repentance. And what are the benefits of when we live a life of repentance, when we are constantly acknowledging God? So I just want to repeat that scripture, Second Chronicles 7 and 14. And it says this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. So we talked about this, about how it really is a step-by-step process. Number one, if my people who are called by my name, number one, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Do you have him as your personal savior? Have you had your um, your moment of confession? And you look, look. The moment of confession is not having to do it in church in front of people. You could have confessed your sins and believed in your heart 
at your house, in your car, whatever it is, right? There's so many areas. God is not confined to us being saved or receiving salvation. That's the basic way to say it. Receiving salvation through the church or through the church service. Now there is importance in the body of Christ. And there is importance in going to church and we won't get into that, but there is. So please do not think that you don't need the church to have a relationship with God, right? I don't want us, you can have a relationship with God any and everywhere, but do not neglect the importance of church. Okay. So we, we'll go into in depth about that on another time. But number one is are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? Because then you can say, call by my name. Then we can actually proclaim that, no, I am called by God. I am called by his name. He is calling me because when we enter as children of God, those of us who have accepted Jesus, when we enter into the thrones and enter into the gates, right? We can honestly say, I can go in the name of Jesus because the veil has been rent. And Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, there shall be like he shall answer that because I'm going in the name of Jesus. And the prayer is hopefully the wisdom that we are using is when we ask things of God, these are the things that God desires for us to have. It's not just us just really just asking out of our own will, our own desires, but no, just really it's like, God, this is the desire that you've placed in me. So I'm going to go before you and say, God, I need you to give me wisdom in this. Give me strategy in this. How do I mature in this? That I see this battle, right? So there's a whole in-depth thing and there's glory and there's blessing. And there's also responsibility of being called by his name. So when he says, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Today, I really want to focus on the humbling ourselves, right? Humbling ourselves and the turning part, the turning part, because repentance is more than just, Lord, forgive me. But when we say, Lord, I humble myself, what does that really mean? It is really a saying, God, I know I cannot heal myself. And here's also a truth. Some of us are battling things that we don't even understand why we keep struggling with this. Like legit. We keep saying over and over. And and I know I've done this. Like, girl, you should have been over this by now. Or you should have accomplished this by now. Or you're still struggling in this thing, this. And I think is for some people, whatever that sin is, you have probably condemned yourself saying, I am still battling this. Here's a point of humility. And we're going to read Romans 7. And I suggest anyone um, who really wants to do a little bit more about understanding just the struggle, the best way to say kind of like the tug of war that we have with the flesh and the spirit. Romans 7 is a beautiful is a beautiful chapter. And I love how my husband said, he said it really is the vulnerability of Paul. Paul is an apostle and yet he's being vulnerable with those that he is teaching, letting him know the struggles that he still faces and the reality of walking in Christ. So we're going to read um, Romans 7, 15, and then we're going to go to the 25th, uh, read all the way through to the 25th uh, scripture. And I'm reading the English Standard Version. 
And this is what it says. For I do not understand my own actions. We're still talking about humility. This is humility. This is another aspect of humility. Humility is also understanding who I am, seeing it. Last week I prayed about not excusing the sin, but see it. Really see it. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Open our eyes, Lord, to the sins and the weights and the things that are so easily besetting us, things that are tripping us up so that we, it's making us run slow in this race. We can't even finish the race because we're so bound and tied down and tripped up by these sins and the weight. So humility is seeing it. It's a part of it. It's not the all of it, right? But part of it is seeing it and being real honest of like, I don't even know how to do this because some of us don't even understand what we are struggling with today, where it came from and why we're struggling with it. We can go into our natural mind and assume, but to have the true root of it and have the true truth of it, we have to go to the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying this in verse 15. Remember, we're in seven, uh, Romans 7, um, verse 15, and we're going to read into uh, verse 25. And he says this. He says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Oh, Lord, help us. Confessions. Confessions, prayer is a part of confessing our sins, casting your cares. This is what Jesus desires. Jesus says, casting your cares upon me. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't Jesus who spoke. It was one of the disciples because I'm trying to do better with saying specifically who said it, where it came from. But it's like casting your cares upon him for he cares for you. This is what Christ desires for us to even have this real conversation of, Lord, I see this and everything. I know that it is wrong. I know that I should not be doing this, but I keep doing the very thing that I hate. I keep doing the very thing that is destroying my life. I keep doing the very thing that is destroying my family or, or is making me delayed or is, is really a con- is counterproductive. However, the language and the verbiage that you use, you see that is not of God. Because if you want, and I really do encourage us to read uh, Romans 7 in its entirety, because before that, he begins to tell us about the law, the law and the sin. So we recognize that the law of God is so important because it helps to expose the sin. But then the humility part is like, Lord, I see this and I know what your word says, but yet I keep doing the very thing that I hate. Lord, help me. We're still talking about humbling ourselves. Humbling ourselves is understanding, Lord, how is this impacting you? How am I crucifying you of flesh? How am I? That's what it says in Hebrews 6 and 5. It says this, who have tested the goodness, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming of age. Verse 6, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. 
To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again, subjecting him to public disgrace. Lord, when I am falling back and I have to go back to repentance, Lord, I'm crucifying you of flesh. Lord, I see that these things are happening. We talked about in the first episode about grieving the Holy Spirit. All of these things are happening. Yes, there are consequences in the natural where maybe you feel like you're disconnected from your family or you see things that are happening internally. But then also have we thought about how these sins impact our relationship with the Lord? So we have to humble ourselves and really have a moment of saying, Lord, I am doing the very thing that I hate. I am doing the very thing that I hate. Verse 16 says, now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law. So I love how he professes, like, I have to do the thing that I really don't want to do. But I'm I'm agreeing with the law and it continues to say that it is good. Remember this, your flesh does not want to do the things of God, period. That is why there is such a struggle. This is why we cannot walk into repentance and this spiritual walk in our own understanding and our own strength, because your flesh wants you to continue to do the very thing that is against God. The very thing that is against his will, the very thing that is against his love, his grace, all that he is, his character. Your flesh does not want that. So he says this in verse 17. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Verse 18 says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. This is humility. You understanding that your flesh and everything in you, it is no good. It is only Christ that is good. Only Christ. Now, please don't allow the enemy to play you and make you, oh, Lord, I'm just garbage. I'm this, this, and this. How do you take that to glorify God? Say, Lord, I am no good, but you are good. So because I have you, you, I know that I can be and I will be and your favor is upon me. We have to switch things up, but we have to be real and see all of who we are and actually confess that to the Lord and say, Lord, I see that I am no good. My flesh only wants to do evil. My flesh only wants to do the things that pleases me and not you. That is against you. Verse 18 says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right. Hear this. I have the desire to do what is right. Oh, wow. How many of us have the desire to do what is right? But yet we struggle so heavily because he continues to say, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what is keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Verse 21 says, so I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging a war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. 
wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that I myself serve the law of God with my mind. I want us to remember that with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. The mind has the, the, the power, the power to control your ways. I heard somebody say this of like, um, whatever I think is how I feel and how I feel is what I do. Whatever, whatever I think, and it was a Christian gentleman, I think he was talking about his pastor, said this, whatever I think is how I feel, it controls how I feel, and whatever I feel is what I do. And I thought that was so true and it's so good. But now we, I have a deeper understanding, we should have a deeper understanding about renewing our mind in Christ Jesus. When the Bible says, think on these things things that are lovely. I want to pull this scripture up uh, specifically because I don't want to misquote it. Um, but we have to remember that when it comes to humility, we have to really humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and realizing like real talk, God, like here's the thing. When I talk to God, I'm having a real conversation. I'm like, Lord, for real. I've been struggling with this for so long and I'm tired of it. Like God, I know I should be over this. I know I should be in a better place. But why is this such a struggle? I don't want to do this anymore. Now, Paul, what we just read, he went into a more in-depth conversation, but we all say it in some form or fashion. But the thing is, as we have in this confession and as we have in this conversation with God, the ability to turn from the wicked ways is seeking the wisdom of God. The ability to turn and not repeat is number one understanding that I can't do it on my own because my flesh is always going to be about the flesh, period. My flesh does not want to honor God, period. My flesh has to die. That's what we have to understand. We have to die daily. That means I have to submit daily. I have to surrender daily. I have to ask God to be my guide, my protector, my, my, uh, the light Lord Jesus be, be the one who disciplines me daily whispered in my ear, Lord Jesus. So I won't get off track. Like we have to pray these things. And then when we seek God, then we can say, God, I thank you for your continued strategy and wisdom. Because I want to read this in James 1 and 2. Consider it pure joy, my brother and sister, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, once again, we're talking about asking wisdom. When you ask, you must believe and, and no doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown, tossed, blown and tossed by the wind. And, let that, and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So when we're talking about trials and temptations and all these things and humbling ourselves, we have to, number one, have to say, God, I thank you for your law and your spirit and the Holy Ghost opening my eyes to what is going on in my life. 
because you are about to give me some perseverance. You are testing my faith so it can produce perseverance. And I know if I can stay in this race, stay in this, because so the work can be, be complete and finished within me, that I will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. But here is the instruction of the Lord. God is so wonderful to where it, it, when we read his word, we can always find encouragement. We can always find hope, but we can always find instruction. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. So when we go before God and we're humbly come before his throne, when we realize that we have repent because the law of God, the Holy Spirit have exposed what we are doing. He has revealed to us that this is not my will. This is not my perfect glory. Then we have to say, God, I see it. Forgive me. Thank you for showing me. God, I need wisdom. When we lack something, it doesn't mean that we don't have it. It means that we don't have enough. If I go to the store and the bill is, I'm shopping and the bill is $235. And my account is only $189. I am in lack. I cannot cover what I need to receive. Some of us, we keep trying to do things in our own strength. And God is saying, you have something, you just don't have enough to cover what you desire. You don't have enough to obtain what you desire. So I understand that you are praying for this. This is why I love when I believe it was Paul, when he said, I pray three times for this thorn to be removed. And Jesus responded saying, my grace is sufficient. When you are weak, I am made strong. So God, I need some more of your grace and more of your wisdom to help me to overcome this, to fight, to continue to be in this walk. It's because I know I'm being tested to persevere so that I can finish it and I can be mature. I can be complete, lacking nothing. But your wisdom and your instruction says, but if you lack wisdom, that doesn't mean that I don't have it. It doesn't mean I don't have some type of understanding on how to overcome it. But the question is, do I have enough? This is still a part of humility and this is still a part of the process of turning. My husband, he had this, um, we were talking about this and a lot of times I I shoot things off of him just to kind of see, to prick his brain because God has really blessed him with the with the heart of Christ and he really loves the word of God. And so a lot of times he's just like my, my, I guess you could say biblical sparring partner where <laughs> we just strengthen one another. Okay. And so I was talking about this, about humility and the process of turning and how a lot of times, and he brought up the fact how a lot of times we just think that, okay, you know better, so just stop doing it. But we don't realize how there really is a spiritual war. And this is why I read Romans 7, because he discussed Romans 7, and we went into that um, that chapter about how I want to do good, but evil is always around me. I'm doing the very thing that I don't like. So that lets me know that there is a war and a conflict that's going on and there's something deeper. You all have heard me mention the scripture several times. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but of principalities. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. So I have to automatically remember this is not a natural thing. So I need to go to the spiritual first. Something is happening in the spiritual realm that is always causing me to be at war, always causing me to fall. And my husband said this, like in the beginning of his uh, his faith walk, he knew in Christ and uh, we were fresh in college. He and I at the time, I think we no, yeah, we knew each other. We were friends. And um, and he was just like, Lord, I, I want to do this Christian walk right. I want to do this Christian walk. I want to do it right, Jesus. So the first thing the Lord told him to do, once again, this is seeking God. This is asking for wisdom. The Lord told him specifically, throw out all your rap secular uh, CDs. Now that hurt him. Because he was like, oh, Lord. You know, this is back in the day where we had the books of CDs. Anyone old enough to remember that? <laughs> so if someone pulled out a big old case of CDs, you knew they were for real music lovers. They're like, oh, you got everything. The Lord said, throw it all out. He threw it all out. And now once again, this was seasonal for him, but he needed that. So he didn't have any distractions, right? And he was like, Lord, I keep getting caught up with these girls, Lord. You know, Lord, I need your help on this one. So the Lord told him to stop walking a certain path, walking through the quad. Anyone who's been on any type of uh, college or university, you know, there's going to be a certain area where everybody kind of hangs out. So the Lord had to tell him, stop walking through that. Walk all the way around. The Lord was giving him more wisdom. See, a lot of times we think the sin is when we do it. Oh, I messed up. But what is the wisdom so that we can't do it? He would have never thought on his own, take a different direction. That area is a trap for you. Some of you all, you need to figure out like, why do I keep going down this path? The question is, do you need to turn off certain things? Certain things trigger us. Let it be from music, smells, colors. It reminds you of something. And then also, I remember a psychologist saying this, how our bodies have memories, right? So even though our mind may not be there, but our body is remembering something. So during certain season, if you have gone through something or whatever the case is, your body will remember, it's about that time for you to do X, Y, Z. It's about that time to, and so you're finding yourself in this constant cycle. But I, if I don't humble myself, and ask God for his wisdom and his guidance in my turning process, the sanctification process. We cannot remove God from any step of our walk. Yes, you know to do better, but you cannot do it in your strength. You need Jesus. Yes, you know that you have to walk according to his will, but your flesh does not want you to. Just like what we said, if any of you lacks wisdom, and let me help us out so that just in case we don't know, just in case we don't know, if we think if I don't, oh Lord, I don't know if I lack wisdom or not. You do. We all lack wisdom. We all lack wisdom. And I'm going to say this as simply as possible. I want you to think about it like this. You have never experienced this moment in time before, period. Even though it may seem like the same day, like, okay, well, 
it's a Thursday. I've, I've experienced a Thursday before, but you have not experienced this Thursday. You have not experienced this second, this moment before. Every moment that God graces us to live, it is something new. So we need his wisdom in everything. So this is part of the humility of saying, Lord, I don't know and have it all together like I I think I do. I don't. What is so interesting, I had this conversation with my brother and he was talking about just church ministry in, in, in general. And it's interesting. The ones that a lot of people struggle with, if you're any form, if you're any leader within the church, you will find out the ones that you struggle or have the most um, combative relationships are are those who have been in the faith for a long time. And I'm saying this, and this is no disrespect because I've, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been in leadership for a long time, but I specifically have to understand and I have to make myself conscious and aware that I have to be a student that I don't know at all. Every day is something new, right? Every day I have to remind myself that something new. What happens is just like when Jesus was talking to the teachers and the leaders, the religious leaders of the time, when Jesus was talking to them, he was constantly fighting against what they knew. They knew the law of Moses. They knew the law of Abraham. They knew all of this stuff. They were the most educated. They were the most uh, knowledgeable. They, they studied the word. They studied what was there. But he was fighting against this knowledge and not humbling themselves. So this is why I say we all lack wisdom. We all need humility. There's a scripture that comes to mind says that God will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and take the weak things of the world to confound the strong. There are certain things where God is like, do not underestimate my strength, my power and your wisdom and, and literally boil it down to what you think. No. So we all need wisdom in this walk. So that we are constantly staying in the state of, Lord, sanctify me, purify me. I can't do this on my own. I don't know how to. And when we receive the revelation that comes from God, and I'm going to read this last scripture, Habakkuk 2, 2, um, Habakkuk 2 and 2. And I'm reading once again, the NIV translation. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Some of us know the King James Version which says, write the vision and make it plain so that um, they who see it may run with it. So the reason why I chose the NIV version, because a lot of times we have gotten into this mindset of today that the vision is what we conjure up. But when we understand that this is a revelation, Habakkuk was literally asking God, for strategy. They were legit in war. They were in physical war. And he was like, Lord, how do we defeat the enemy? Lord, how do we win? And this, and the Lord answered and says, this is what it starts off. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. Paul says that I am in war. My flesh is in war with my spirit. There is this constant pulling. And I want us to really understand the severity of that. 
that we are in war. It says in 23, but I see in my members another law waging a war against the law of my mind. The law of my mind. I've heard a lot of preachers and teachers say this, that the enemy will not can get you physically, but he will try to get you in the mind. So there is a war that is going on. So we have to humble ourselves, understanding that number one, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this in my strength. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the power. I can't defeat the enemy. I didn't die on a cross for myself. Who am I? Also understanding every time that I choose the thing that is against Jesus, what is it doing to him? This is switching to a relationship mindset. What is it doing to Christ? We are literally crucifying him afresh. He does not want us to live like this. The Holy Spirit is grieving. God is unhappy. God is sad. He's looking at his children like there's better. There's better. And number two, three, whatever number I'm on, (laughs) really seeking God and asking for wisdom in the turning process. And I'm saying it as a process because it is a daily walk with God to really just say, God, sanctify me and allow his wisdom to really overflow you so that he can give you the strategy give you the revelation of what it says in Habakkuk 2 and 2. Write down the revelation. So if the revelation is like what my husband said, the Lord told him, don't walk past that quad anymore. But how amazing is it when the Lord gives us something and we adhere to it and we say, God, I see that. Give me your strength. Send me reminders. You know what I mean? Sometimes we have to. We have to legit say, God, send me reminders. Let it be so top of the mind. Who do I need to say this to that's going to hold me accountable? How do I need to write this down? Does it need to be on my phone? Do I need to put it on my wall? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I need to get a little bracelet that has certain things on there that's going to remind me of your instructions? This is all a part of the process. It really is. But even that God gives us wisdom and he'll show you, okay, this is what I need you to do so that you can walk the path of righteousness. My prayer is that as we continue this, we have a couple more episodes on on repentance. And really, I hope you all are seeing that I just, God is teaching me how to go deeper within his word. Like my husband says, have a very exhaustive conversation about a particular type topic. And, you know, for me, like I've always said, this is just the beginning of it. I'm a student. I will always be a student of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit keeps that on me. Like, these are the prayers that I pray. So Holy Spirit, keep me near you. Lord, like literally make me move. Because real talk, my flesh don't want to get up in the morning and pray. I don't want to. <laughs> Let's just be real. One of my good friends, I love her so much. We were having a conversation and we we're like, girl, she was like, girl, me and my big, grown big age having a whole tantrum in the corner with God. Like, God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to. Let's just be real. I don't know how many times I've had full tantrums. Full tantrums. Like, oh my God, I'm I look like a preteen rolling my eyes, just sucking my teeth, just being all stank in the attitude. And I'm like, all right, Lord, forgive me. I'm here. Let's roll. 
And sometimes it's immediately and sometimes it's not. I'm just being real. Sometimes I stay in my tantrums. And then three days later, I'm like, okay, chick, you could have handled this a long time ago. That's why you've been frustrated all week. I just, I want us to have a real honest and vulnerable conversation here. You know what I mean? So your girl is still learning and I'm still moving in this. And my prayer is that as I grow, we just grow together. But I want us to really, really, really start to dive deep into the word of God and understand him and understand his nature, his character, his love, so that we feel confident to go out and bring people into the kingdom. Like always, we will end with prayer. And this first call is for anyone who does not know Jesus. You say like, okay, I want to repent. I want to have this wisdom. I want to have strategy on how to live a life according to God. Let me tell you this. First, you need to have Jesus. Salvation is number one. And so let's just, we're going to confess this. And I want you to repeat after me. Just confess with your mouth aloud and believe in your heart, right? This is what God desires. He says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, then, then he shall save you and then you are saved. So I want you to say this, Lord, come into my life. I desire you to be the son of God. I believe that you are the son of God. You are were you rose and you died and you rose for me. I give my life over to you. Forgive me of my sins. If you truly believe that, that Jesus Christ is your savior, that he was born of a virgin birth, that he lived the life that he has lived, that he died and got up with all power. And you believe that and you confess, you said, Lord, forgive me of my sins. You are saved. We are so excited. We are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. We are so excited to have you in the kingdom. Please stay connected to what we are doing here at Conquer and Me and also find a local church home. And I'm going to just put this caveat out there. Give it some time. It takes some time to find a good church home. So don't become discouraged in the process. I'll say that. Okay, so give it some time because the goal is to be amongst people of God so that you can be encouraged and you can grow. That is the purpose of us as a body coming together as an assembly to encourage one another so that we may go out and do the work of the Lord. And the second prayer is for those of us who really need to submit and humble ourselves. We have been trying to fix ourselves. The broken cannot fix the broken. The sick cannot heal the sick. Only our Savior can do that. And so, Lord, we will seek you beyond just the salvation of our sins. But God, even if we want to seek you as our constant Savior, you are our constant refuge. And Lord, we ask that you just continue to shower on us and let us see what that is. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the things that we have done and said that are not like you and things that we have excused for so long. The things that we have said is okay, but it's not okay. Lord, we ask that you just shower us, continue to shower us with your love. Last week, we prayed that you open our eyes to the sin. Let us no longer excuse it. So now, Lord, we ask for your humility. Let us walk in your humility. Your word says that if any of you lack wisdom, let us pray of it and you will give it to us freely, Lord Jesus. We are lacking wisdom. We need instruction. We need a revelation. We need a word from you. 
that we can write down and we can run with it so that we can continue to do the things that you have called us to. Lord, we thank you for continuing to be our guiding hand and the lamp that lights up our pathway. Lord, you are so amazing. We thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you all. I love you all. Um, Continue to come back. Continue to pray for me. I'm praying for you all. Once again, go to uh, conqueredme.co, C-O. And I'm going to make sure, I'm trying to do better by like putting the links here and there because my goal is to really start to develop the vision that God has given me because it is for his glory and it's for the edifying of the body of Christ and to bring people into the kingdom. That's what we want. We want to go deep into the word of God so we can understand him more and more and more so that we feel empowered to bring people in and to speak of his goodness and his love. Love you all. Speak to you next Friday.